Sometimes you have the right guest at the right time. This is Gigi Johnson from the Innovating Music Podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music. And I had Andrew Mason on my podcast today. Now, he's the right guy at the right time for several reasons. For one thing, he is CEO of a company called Descript that allows you in creating from home and working from home to be able to not just get a transcription of audio, but also to be able to essentially cut words out of the text and it cuts words and lets you edit and move things around actually in your WAV files. But he also was able to, when Zoom bailed on us a little ways into the call, was able to say, just turn on Descript. So I literally on my side hit the record button on Descript and he did that on his side. And we now have this podcast. So for those of you who are struggling to work from home, please enjoy the story of Descript and how a young man who started out as a music technology major, ended up creating Groupon and now is on this journey and how he turns lemons into lemonade in trying to move forward with transforming companies. Enjoy. So this is an interesting, maybe a different way to start. So I'm literally on Zoom five hours a day right now. As, as everybody is. And in fact, I just got off a call trying to explain to one of our fabulous faculty how he's going to try to teach orchestra with 90 students on Zoom next week. And so one of the questions keeps coming up, how in the world do we actually record decent quality anything here? So uh, I'm glad, Andrew, that you're here from Descript, sharing Descript, because I can evidently also record in Descript on my computer on my side of the equation. Can you maybe do a quick walkthrough for someone who's listening to this on how they actually, and this is not the deep story of Descript I want to get into, but how they use Descript to record in this time of working from home. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You you open Descript and there's a record button. We're actually, depending on when you're listening to this, um, we've probably shipped a bunch of improvements. We now have live transcription live multi-track transcription, and you can select sources such as Zoom and, and uh, Skype and others as audio inputs. So you can record discrete tracks within within Descript, and it'll transcribe each person in real time, automatically add speaker labels, and you can even have somebody editing in real time. So if you're doing something like re- remote voiceover work or remote scripted recording, you can have an engineer there editing as the recording is happening. So for people who are doing uh, multi-home co-production that you guys have been able to swing right into being able to be of uh, immediate change and help from your own homes, how big is your team right now? The team's about 25. You know, one of the kind of key ideas of Descript other than having this new um, interface that's based around a word processor to uh, edit audio is that it's cloud first. So it's built with collaboration in mind. Everything is automatically saved to the cloud with full version history. You can have multiple people on a project uh, editing at the same time, just like you would in a Google Doc. Um, And that really hasn't happened with audio production tools so far. There's still heavyweight client-based experiences and, and, and collaboration is a bit of a hassle. So that was something we really wanted to solve in the way that we built 
in the way that we built the tool. So how have people been using this in the time of COVID-19 work from home? Um, it, it hasn't been that long at this point, so we'll see. But we certainly, before and after, have seen a lot of people using Descript to collaborate remotely on everything from recording to, to editing to providing feedback. So the underlying tool is part of, as you were saying, a lot of other folks who are thinking of how do I take transcription and uh, automate it with various machine learning tools. What triggered you to really say, this is what I want to be building and working on with my time and company? Personally, I, I, I've always been attracted to tools and creative tools in particular. I've been using audio and video editing tools since I was, since I was a kid. Um, I went to school for music technology and, uh, and when the opportunity presented itself to work on one full time, it just seemed like a fairly rewarding endeavor to spend one's time on creating tools that can enable others to practice their craft more, more effectively. And that's really what we're trying to do is, is build a tool that's not using technology and AI to automate creativity, but to automate some of the technical complexities of working with audio and video content and make it as expressive a tool for the creator as a text editor is for the writer. How did you end up going into creating or co-creating Groupon? And what was your journey then from going to school in music technology to all the different things that you have done? And you're still a fairly young man, I say as a not fairly young person, who's done just amazing things so far. What was the journey from music technology to everything else you've done? Yeah, so I got my undergrad from Northwestern in music technology. And um, and from there, worked in a recording studio part-time, thought I wanted to be a musician. But that experience in the recording studio taught me that I was not cut out for it. I just didn't have the talent. But luckily, at about the same time, I had gotten more consumed by another passion I'd always had, which is um, the internet and building websites and that sort of thing. And um, ended up doing some contracting, ended up meeting some people that liked some ideas that I had and offered to invest. After some time and some pivots, that idea became Groupon. Again, Groupon, like Descript, wasn't originally the thing that I set out to do. It was kind of the the lemonade that you make um, out of the the mess that comes with your original idea. Well, Groupon's been heavily talked about, but not maybe for this audience. What did it start out being? What what, what was the original intent where you, then you made lemonade? It was a company called The Point, and it was a social platform where somebody could start a campaign and say, I, I want to do something, but only if enough other people do it too. And the idea was that it could be used for anything from, uh, from some kind of social action, like organizing a corporate boycott to fundraising. So a kind of proto Kickstarter model where you could say, we'll give money for something, but only if, only if people, enough people commit that we're actually going to hit the goal. Um, and that 
mechanism became used, started getting used on the site for group purchasing. And then we just focused it on that group group purchasing use case and went out and started procuring deals ourselves. And, and that's what became Groupon. So you have done iterative launches. How have things changed or not changed over this time period? Or maybe your lenses on launching companies. How has that changed over time? In a lot of ways. One is um, the toolkit that's available to company founders, like the just the infrastructure that's available has become so much more mature. So there's an enormous number of um, software platforms out there now that a company like ours can use for analytics or various forms of, uh, of, of marketing, um, even building internal tools and different ways you can stitch all these platforms together. That's just made it so much easier to create a lot of the plumbing that you need to get a company going. Um, so that's one of the biggest changes that I've noticed and, and really enjoyed is we're kind of going through a, a, a renaissance of, of B2B tools that businesses like ours are able to use to make things more efficient without no, needing to know how to code. Yeah, but does that increase the competition too so that someone has an idea, they don't have to assemble a bunch of talented developers it's easy for someone to be chasing down the same trail that you might be working on. What then is a competitive advantage in launching a new company nowadays? I think just the the playing field has shifted. While it might have been, you know, consumer internet might have been more ripe for your startup back in two thousand seven. Um, now it's shifted into B2B or SaaS and, uh, and other areas, and, and that'll shift again. Um, but I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, you know, I just kind of am the person that works on things and works on ideas more than having the macro perspective. Because I'm thinking of, I have a lot of friends who are creators, and when they're not anxious about what's happening right now, personally, they're creating a lot of content at home right now, be their writers, be their creators. And so you have a lot of people who are moving ahead with long-term projects. I'm assuming there's also people who are spending time thinking of that next business that's going to thrive in this possibly hyper-connected whatever era we're going to come out on. Um, Are you seeing things totally stopping or percolating or going sideways in this crazy time we're in now? Um. it, again, it's only been a few weeks. I, I think at, at our company, we're feeling quite grateful that we're working on a on a service where um, we can work remotely with relatively low disruption. Um, customers continue to have a use for the for the product. So, just from our kind of very small lens into things, there's there's no major changes so far. But it's it's still early, and I don't think we're representative. Well, I do think, though, that you're a great tool for the work from home and create from home dimension. So I, I adore the tool. I haven't used everything about it, though I have all my own glitches that I'm having all new workflow process thoughts on how to work with it with this podcast. Can And, and it's very visual. So it, to me, it's kind of 
uh, hard to describe clearly audio, which we're on an audio mode here. So hopefully people will go to this and go look at it and see how it might work in their world. But can you maybe walk us through the core workflow process elements of it and how you came to some of the solutions on it? Sure. So when you open Descript, you'll create a new project. And the project just looks like a document. And from there, you can either record. And as you record, the words will show up in real time. Or you can drop in files that you created elsewhere. Even a multi-track recording like the one we're doing right now, you can just drop both the tracks in there and it'll sync them up and it'll automatically transcribe them and then display them as if it's just one transcript. But really under the hood, any edits that you're making are being made to the individual tracks. And of course, you can go in and edit tracks individually if you want to remove crosstalk or a cough or something of that sort. Um, and and once you've got your your stuff in there and transcribed, it's really just the same way you would use a word processor. You're deleting, cutting, copying, pasting, and th the edits that you're making are not only affecting the text, they're affecting the underlying audio or video, by the way, as well. If you want to add music or a sound effect or ambience, you just drop it in the script where you want it to start playing. There's also a time, a more traditional timeline view where you can make edits, add volume automation. You know, our 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 background is in professional audio production, so we went to great lengths to preserve the same kind of power and flexibility that you would get in Audition or Pro Tools or Logic or your DAW of choice. So all the edits are non-destructive. When you're done making your edits, you can even go as far as to export your timeline and continue editing in another DAW. But the experience, I mean, you, you really have to try it. And eventually you have this aha moment where even if you're a proficient timeline audio engineer, there's something about editing only in the text and not needing to work in the waveform that leaves you in your editorial brain instead of having this context switch between your editorial brain and your um, and, and your technical brain or your engineering brain. And it just makes editing more creative. It makes it more delightful. Um, and and it's, it's much faster for professionals as well. We've also just launched a feature called Overdub, where Descript will listen to about 10 minutes of your voice recordings and then gain the ability to generate text-to-speech based on your voice. Um, so you can literally just type into Descript, and it'll it'll add words. So if say you know Gigi in this podcast, you decided that you you found a more colorful adjective that you could use to to describe something, you could delete the original adjective, type in the new one, and not only will it generate that in your voice, it will sample the audio that comes before and after that edit and regenerate it in a style that matches and blends in with the original audio so you won't even notice it. So that's kind of the use case that we're imagining for that is editorial corrections more than long form text-to-speech synthesis. But it's an example of the way that this new design paradigm for editing audio enables AI-based generative media creation tools that just haven't existed so far. And yet when someone's, I mean, I've been in DAWs for a long time, it still shows things to me in a, more of a, also of a waveform configuration, but cut into words, 
which to me makes it very powerful, whether I'm searching for something or I love the ability to get rid of ums throughout the entire thing, though that, that's like over crazy making to do that. Um, and the, um, there we go, umming. So I'm <laughs> tempting with podcasts to take all the ums out. But then I can also export uh, transcripts. I can, I can export with it already being my levels, my left set. And I can take out uh, subtitles and captions, which I found, and then also can export the timeline into other tools. I found all of that. I do feel like I go down the rabbit hole when I play with it and kind of go, wait, I could spend another two hours cleaning this up. But I also find that it's very visual to do a, a last check on a podcast before it goes out in terms of content, because I can hear something go back, oh, that really was not good. And I can see it in the transcript and just edit right there in the transcript and take out a whole section that might have been, you know, as mundane as someone commenting that there was a motorcycle in the background or that I realized that you know, what they said is not appropriate because something that happened in, even in the current era of things that uh, take out a section about what it's like to be working in a studio next week um, because that's not what's happening right now. So. Um, I find that it's a really great security blanket to have under my work, too. So I've really been enjoying having it in the mix. Yeah, there's, you know, there's something with technology where where certain products will, will reduce the friction of use and it crosses some threshold where all of a sudden you find yourself using it in order of magnitude more. Like for me personally, AirPods is an example of that. By doing something as in many ways mundane is removing the cord. Like seriously, how hard is that to plug in a cord? But just by re reducing those few seconds of friction, uh, they've turned it into a product that I now carry with me everywhere. I'm much more likely to listen to headphones, even if I am have five minutes of downtime, put on a podcast. And and I think Descript is similar when it comes to editing, where you just, because the ease of editing out filler words or uh, random aside and just tightening up your, um, tightening up your, your audio is, is so much greater than it is in a timeline form. You just find yourself doing more and practicing your craft and, and, and tightening things up the way that one the way, the, the way that a writer would, really. And then on the mundane side, though, there's lots of other folks, as you noted, that have been doing uh, automatic transcription that uh, on the very nerdy side, when I was getting my doctorate, I was taking hours and hours of content to transcribe it for coding and putting into other tools. And I look at this now and want to cry about all the time I spent doing transcriptions in, in work to be able to dissect dialogue. So I think that that's a... Being able to have that so quickly and easily done and the ability to also identify um, speakers is, I see all sorts of interesting use cases in my non-traditionally non creative life. So I find that interesting. We, we definitely see a lot of that as well, just people using it for transcribing meeting notes or user research interviews, that sort of thing. So uh, where do you take this? I know that your roadmap is probably both confidential and in your investors' hands, but where do you see the opportunity and potential with this type of technology and tool set in a B2B creative environment or even in a B2C creative environment? Well, one of the nice things 
that I've really appreciated about <clears throat> about building a tool for people as opposed to building a consumer in, internet startup or uh, like like we were with with Groupon is it's relatively like what problems we need to to solve are relatively well defined and straightforward. People need a creative tool to that they can use to create content, and our job at Descript is to find the most effective way to help realize their creative vision. So there's a fairly predictable set of additional things that that we want to build, both on the pure audio and podcasting side, as well as on the video side, to make it a a more powerful, more simple more flexible creative tool. We're really happy with what the product is offering for people today. And it really has the feature set that 99% of podcast producers need, but there's a lot we want to do. And the AI team that we have that's built this overdub feature and other features like our uh, filler word and disfluency detection um, is just chock full of ideas on new kinds of uh, offerings that the world hasn't seen before that will allow people to more effectively practice their craft. And I think just on the mundane, what to do is Zoom. <laughs> There's so many people now who are trying to figure out what their palette is in this uh, create from home, work from home environment. And I'm, I'm probably on a conversation at least once a day now about how in the world do I use a web conference modality to be creating when we're all in these separate spots. So. We're having a, a case study right now on how to be doing that with uh, two-sided uh, connections. And we're using several different devices here to record this podcast. Well, we've been talking yeah. for a while and we're pretty much near the end of our conversation time already. Is there anything that you want to share that we haven't talked about so far? No, I think I'm okay. What are you most excited about outside of Descript right now? Um, well, I've got two little kids and, uh, usually when I'm not working, I, I hang out with them. So I guess I'd be most excited about my kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you guys are having a good time. That's the one thing I'm definitely seeing in a lot of, uh, communication right now is a lot of people with their kids in their laps. Um, and I think I've met most people's families at this point in time that I deal with on a regular basis. So um, I'm glad that yeah. you've got the two little kids that you can be spending time with right now. Is there any way if someone wanted to reach out to you that you would like them to reach out? They can just email me at andrew at descript.com. Excellent. And descript.com is where they can also find Descript and be part of the adventure and try it out on their own. So Thank you very much for joining us, Andrew, and uh, thank you for being part of Innovating Music. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Merrimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.